and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Basca, and I am joined by my co-host, Rabia Zatabi, for this conversation with the director of Krat, Rasmus Marivu. We are reporting from Fantasia Film Festival 2021. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm very pleased to welcome Rasmus Maravu, the director of Krat, a film that Rabia and I both really loved and enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah. That is that is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was really blown away by a lot of things within your film and like the mix of the horror and the comedy. Even in what seems to be a family comedy, you still have these deliciously gory bits. And it was just such a delight to be able to watch something that was structured in that way. I just wondered, tonally, how did you think about planning to achieve that? Well, you know, um, I, I have uh, grown up watching American films. We, uh, we lived in this part of Soviet Union where, where we could have this uh, special antennas to watch Finnish TV. That mm-hmm. meant we could see all these uh, wonderful things there. So I grew up with Goonies and uh, stuff like that. And uh, when I when I saw that there is going to be a trauma uh, film, uh, classic trauma film marathon, I had to fake uh, a disease so I could stay at home and watch them. And uh, and this all this like this mixture of genres and all this. Uh, weird uh, stuff uh, it has always appealed to me and and when i started to make this film uh, the topic of the film uh, is this kind of, of uh, that you need to have like this little bit of fear in it that means that the, the thing that the children are making it is not uh, something that uh, is uh, you i cannot show it uh, without the goriness of it or something like that mm-hmm. it has to have this honest look about things concerning to this Kret and uh, all of this, all of its uh, power. Interesting. Talking about the Kret, because clearly, especially if you look at the kids and how the villagers are reacting to things, there are some very clear comments and satire surrounding internet culture and how people, especially young people, are acting online. Was that something that you really wanted to have come across? Because it seems like it's really highlighted in the film. Yes, the correct uh, creature that you you saw in the film, it is part of the Estonian mythology. Yes. Some, from yep. Somewhere ancient times, uh, people uh, talked about this thing that if you, take the tools and you give your blood and you make it come alive, it will do the work for you. But if you stop giving it work, it will kill you. And uh, actually, this is what is happening right now everywhere. So it is based here in my hometown with my own experience inside of it. But still, I can understand that it is like a small world. Uh, everything that happens in the big world happens here in a smaller scale. And uh, this uh, that the tools have taken over our lives and uh, they are constantly asking us to do something. They want work uh, to be done. Uh, and uh, if, you d- if you don't uh, give them work, uh, they can, uh, you know, start to get uh, uh, angry and uh, want to yeah. catch you and uh, put their hands around your neck. So, <laughs> so this is... Um, this is something I think that is relatable to uh, 
to this con- this the state that we are living right now yeah the whole it, world it's definitely a parallel to social media if you look at it where you constantly have to post and be active on it and if you're not then it comes back to you with the revenge basically yes because uh, i think that right now there is like this weird revolutions going on everywhere same as here in the small town and uh, there is the social media revolution people uh, like uh, it was it was only recently that people have their own voice that they can speak uh, freely something and they don't need media to you know exaggerate their feelings uh, they can do it on their own and also there is this weird psychedelic uh, revolution going on everywhere and uh, i felt like uh, yeah it is something that uh, that needs to uh, be uh, a film, <laughs> basically. That's wonderful. And because there are so many elements that pop up throughout the film that show things that look like they're the new world, but they aren't, like the Vivi Siri modeled AI assistant that's really young children with headpieces on in a fentanyl cooking shop. And those kinds of elements that look like they're part of the new integrated technology, but they aren't. And then you have so many things that look old world, but aren't as well, like with the organ that plays and the glasses without lenses, because a character has had LASIK surgery. And I just wondered how much of that playing around in terms of the appearances being so deceiving was a very deliberate take on where Estonia is right now as a culture. All of these uh, details that uh, I have put in my film, they are, um, I have experienced it uh, in some uh, maybe other way or some other form, but they are like uh, very personal uh, bits of my life. And uh, for example, uh, talking about uh, Vivi, that is like the series, we had the same problem that when my children who are playing in this film, they were younger, the little boy uh, played this uh, game, Granny. I don't know, do you know it? It is this game where you have to hide and the granny comes and uh, he really liked it. And uh, he had his first uh, smartphone and, and they instantly find a way how to Google stuff because you didn't have to type uh, and you didn't have mm-hmm. to know the English language. You could just uh, speak in English and, uh, you know, the, uh, let's say it's artificial intelligence. It will, it, it did all the work for them. And, uh, one day we noticed that there is inside his, uh, smartphone, there were these videos about grannies, uh, you know, uh, in sexual <laughs> intercourses in weird, uh, weird films. And, uh, you know, that's when we, we understood that this is, uh, this big power that is uh, in uh, in every children's uh, ha- hands right now we don't really uh, you know the older generations we don't really you know understand it and, and these are not the toys uh, that we are used to these are something bigger and uh, that's that's why these are there inside the film also personal experience <laughs> <laughs> well you see it come back into how the kids cuz the internet is an open playground where Kids have a different perspective of they enter that. Whereas if you're grown up, you know that there are things out there that is not for everyone's eyes or understanding to see. 
And then you kind of see that back in Krat as well, where the kids are talking to the Vivi and they have a certain understanding. So they start asking questions towards her in a specific way. And she's like, I don't know. Do you want, do you want delivery? Do you want this? And then they have to reformulate what they're asking and what they mean from their perspective. And then there, this one girl, the blonde girl, the oldest one, I think, of the bunch goes like, no, we need to ask it like this because she's kind of in between and she understands what she needs. So she'll reformulate it specifically so that the computer can understand. Whereas this whole situation seems to be created all because the kids misunderstood what the grandma meant with work to be in with. Because yeah. she says, this is hard work. And the kids are like, oh, but we have computers now, so we can fix it, right? So if we do this little spell thingy and we fix it, then grandma doesn't have to work because we don't want to work. We want to sit on the computer. Yeah, and uh, that is, uh, you know, when I grew up, the computers came. And we as, a ch as children, uh, we immediately took them uh, and learned how to use them. And uh, pretty soon, uh, I remember I was 12 or something. I was this uh, person to call when the, you need to fix something. And it was like first time that the children were like smarter in, in some areas or, or had more experience. Uh, I mean, not smarter. And, and right now we are also in this kind of, um, there is like these tools that children already know how to understand uh, and we as grown-ups uh, we have like this um, experience of the of the more uh, analog world uh, and uh, and this is like this weird uh, combination that happens in this film is like uh, it is something to be you know something to th think about uh, i think that my film doesn't give solutions to this problem because i don't think there is like this concrete solutions for this problem there is like uh, the different characters in this film try to give solutions to these children. Uh, the the church guy, uh, minister, he's in this sort of really conservative way of dealing with this stuff. And and then there are these new uh, internet gang who is trying to save the forest. They are also trying to do it in this different way of this uh, this new soft way that parents of today are becoming. And uh, but it all ends up in this weird clusterfuck because of that. Uh, I th I feel like uh, there is there is no clear answer to this, and it's also a little bit of a warning that you know I'm not going to talk about the last part of the film just in case people uh, really uh, would like to experience it themselves. But yeah, these are the these are the feelings I have when I uh, made this film. Yeah. But I also love how in the beginning, you very clearly trace it back to Estonian history and the idea of the Krat as being part of the liberation of Estonia from the landlords and that sort of recrafting of the mythology to then also be able to say that the metaphor of the Krat has come to mean something else. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, the story, uh, first of all, uh, Everything that you see happens in the past, it is actually pretty, you know, how to say it. There was this guy here living. Eric Stenbock was this uh, poet who uh, accidentally got this, uh, had got to be the landlord of this uh, place. And uh, he came here and he was really fond of, you know, 
finding uh, ways to connect the different kind of religions and he had his real rights and stuff and he actually had a little doll that uh, he wanted to give the power to and and he educated the doll and everybody you know think thought he was crazy and stuff like that so this part i took from the real history of this place but at the same time why i did it is because i feel like this is not a new story in this uh, i mean this evolution of humanity mm-hmm. i feel like this is the one of these basic stories and that is going on and on and on and uh, the same thing like the lembit character says that at the end that if you don't uh, when you don't fix your things in this okay. life you will come back and do it do it all over again and uh, this whole film is about like uh, this constant uh, circle of life and if you see this movie uh, if you put it uh, the end of the film uh, and the beginning of the film together it makes like this constant loop there is like this you know waking up the great uh, and uh, getting the result and then in, you, you you do it all over again then and, and also um the great character it's not only physical it is also a mental thing if you think about it it is like um, how long do you do the work for your master and mm-hmm. when does this time come when you want to strangle him you know <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. it's 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 usually the part where where you lose your job you know <laughs> yeah I loved that one line though where you have the character say when you work you're the crat and when you don't you're yeah. the count and the crat is going to come for you. I loved that line because it makes so clearly a lot of the political divisions and class distinctions that are driving the classes apart right now. Yeah, and also one of the things the themes in this movie also that's connected really to this great character is also the the realization that there is no good and bad uh, you know the dualistic world view it's like uh, it is it is not correct it is something wrong with it and that that film also asks this question is is it uh, all of these characters in this film are good uh, on purpose because they want to, to do the best they can with this uh, in uh, the abilities they have but at the end it all boils up to this really uh, terrible thing or or not even even terrible it doesn't judge it but it's it's like this weird clusterfuck is i think the correct word for it yep <laughs> yeah and uh, uh also in children's movies uh, usually um this is something i have experienced with my own children going to the movies and they tend to you know make this story uh, feel like there is a good characters and there are the bad characters and the good has to win you know and some i don't know why it is like this i think it's just uh, they're used to it this kind of structure or maybe it's, it's it's because of the you know the whole business of a film that you have to get something made and you cannot have too loosely you know or or put some some new ideas in because otherwise somebody is afraid that it won't sell or something but uh, but for me uh, uh, it felt like you know the the parents of the children who has to go with the children to the movies they are a bit uh, i don't know left out of the story and uh, they are not enough for them and so i thought that we should make this movie that has all these crazy things and uh, and deep uh, topics uh, 
inside of this children's adventure so that everybody in this family could enjoy. Children will get their part, uh, grown-ups will get their part. Uh, and of course, uh, it, is, it is fun that in Estonia right now, I, I didn't know what would happen because, you know, there are some curse words there mm -hmm. that have never been in, in, a, in the family film. And of course, this uh, whole... Uh, darkness of it at times and yeah. uh, and this kind of body horror and stuff like that but um, since i am a parent uh, and i'm constantly seeing what my children are are watching and what they like and uh, what is this world that they are living in i think i thought that we should make this film uh, and watch what happens and right now i don't know i i think i i, I have gotten away with it <laughs> <laughs> And when I was uh, little, uh, I saw, you know, the American movies, but also the Estonian movies that uh, that were made here. Everything in the Soviet time was a bit dark. And then because of this uh, censorship and all of this, people, uh, uh, people understood that they have to put the meaning uh, and hide it inside. And also inside the children's movies, uh, whatever, they had the social commentary that has to be hidden but it was like decrypted f uh, by the audience uh, who understood what was going on. And there was this one film that I really liked. Uh, it's called uh, Nukitsames. I don't know, it's Bumpy in, Estonia, in English or something that had these witches living in the forest. And the whole mood was very dark. And uh, I think that um, this is something like also in Estonian folklore, you get this darkness in it. The whole instruments and how they sing and uh, the whole shamanic uh, things and uh, there is like this darkness of it inside of it and uh, it, and it's it's not about to scare but it's it's about to get uh, the world that you're living in in full uh, you know specter you know there is not only the light and the uh, and the sunshine you know after after it gets dark, it's also the world that you're living in. And if you're not hiding from it, then you get uh, more experience and better understanding of it all, I think. Yeah. A more realistic view on life, basically. Instead yeah, because, of making it all, yeah, because children are not uh, little idiots, you know. They are just little people and uh, they are living in this world. And when you are living inside of this bubble... That constantly protects you from every, any, every, everything. Uh, it's like the story of Buddha, you know? It, you will grow up and then you go outside the wall and then you understand that, oh no, it's not the same that I was thinking about. You know? Yeah. And because, you know, children are living in this societies, uh, the, you know, t the smartphones that we are using, uh, the materials have been, you know, dug up by little children somewhere that has been chained to this weird uh, system. That's why I also did uh, one part of the film that I don't want to, you know, give away. But there is this part where we go to, like, uh, a different place and uh, and see that not all all children are, are not facing this uh, the same small problems, not w wanting to do the easy work, but you know they have to work constantly, yeah. and uh, you know they have to thank God for this work because that's all they've got. Otherwise, they would starve. So yeah. Yeah. True, yeah. And it is very relevant because we've noticed over the years, if you look at movies for kids in the 80s, 
and you look at movies for kids nowadays, there's this massive Disney filter, as I call it, that's been applied to children's content. Whereas, oh, we need to shelter them and keep them far away from the world and what reality is as long as we can, which is like you mentioned in Siddhartha Kautama. It's not a really realistic way of raising your, your kids, in my opinion, because then you let them out in the world and they get the shock of their life. So I think it's also interesting to see this movie as a potential kids movie as well, because it has some gore, but I would definitely show this to my daughter who's 11, by the way. In Estonia right now, it has been, uh, it has a K-12 rating. That means okay. that it's not uh, suitable for under 12. Yeah. But uh, uh, the, the genre of it, uh, I mean, that they have, you know, cooked up with this, this it's the whole family horror comedy yeah. and people are going with their families and children that are uh, less than 12 and they are enjoying it and they are having fun and people are constantly in the social media telling that it's okay go see it it's fun <laughs> because it's also comedy yeah. and you know you can the scariest things in life uh, with laughter you can always uh, you know uh, the laughter, what it does, it, it uh, releases the fear from you, you know? And then you can see it, that uh, it's also absurd. And for example, you, you know, Goonies had this this thing that other children movies didn't. Uh, it, the children uh, spoke as they would, you know? They said the curse words, you know? The mm -hmm. first thing you, you hear is shit when this uh, milkshake is, you know, blowing up. And and the same time, as I don't really know what, uh, you know, happens in... Uh, the other side of the world uh, right now exactly because you know i'm part of it and i see it from netflix and stuff like that but at the same time uh, like you know there is rick and morty and uh, big mouth and all this kind of uh, you know uh, how to say it uh, the release of this parental control that you, you cannot have uh, you know the children will find their way to get to yeah. this content that they will like and uh, if they like it uh, that means that there is something for them there it is not only for you know to be disobedient or whatever but there is life there that they cannot find anywhere else and uh, you know that's what we need as a human beings living in this planet <laughs> <laughs> and one thing though about the scares that i thought was really cool was that the soundtrack never builds the suspense around the events where the children are in peril. It was like the exact opposite of what you would see in a Disney movie or a typical American film. When the children are in danger, it's not that moment that the soundtrack amps up. It's after that moment, after the danger has passed, then you get the dramatic music. Was that meant to be like the audience taking a breath? The way I do it is, uh, mm, you know, there is this uh, different uh, lanes in this film, like different roads that are going together and everybody has a chance to, you know, speak of its uh, understanding of this all. And uh, the music is like a, like a special lane, uh, you know, there is a way to, uh, to get the information under the radar. It is something that you don't really, you know, uh, put into words. You're watching the film, you're watching the visuals, you're watching the story, 
And then there is the music. And I like when music is not this uh, background or it's not just a mood maker or something like that, but it has a story and it's telling it, telling through uh, like this, uh, like melody. But I, I think that the melody, that's why I wanted to use this composer that made this, this film uh, soundtrack and we recorded the real instruments. It's not made with computer uh, because of this. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a movie on its own. The, the soundtrack it, it has this uh, you know you, you can have them both you can have the dialogue and the children talking and then you have the acting and then you have the composition and editing and all this uh, information that can co come through you know intercutting and uh, you know putting uh, things uh, together that are not supposed to be uh, uh, just uh, you know to tell the story better and, and also the the music had this uh, had the, this uh, his own lane to drive and to take notice and to say and to show you what is important here and what is not important here. So um, yeah, I hope I answered something. <laughs> no, absolutely. I just was blown away by the music in this film and the use of it in terms of when you chose to put certain pieces of music. I just was yeah. surprised by how different the beats were when the music occurred compared to other films. It really is a fabulous soundtrack. But yeah, the, the main thing is it, it never, it never was the intention to do something different. You know, it was only the intention was to, to make it right, you know, mm -hmm. to be honest with the subject, uh, not to, you know, the first draft I wrote, it was more uh, bloody. It was more gory. It was more like a splatter. But after, you know, second draft and third draft, I understood that this is not important. The, this, this exploitation of this uh, blood or, you know, making the contrast uh, even bigger in, the, in this children's movie that, you know, to shock somebody or something. It is the thing that st stick was that, you know, all these things that, I cannot show with anything else, then I have to show it, you know? Mm -hmm. If I could say the story in a different way, I would, it's not about the shock, but if this happens right now, this thing that happens in this movie, you have to see, the, to understand it. I cannot, you know, cut it out because otherwise, for example, the scene where uh, they make pizzas, you know? Mm-hmm. Remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I had to show it because otherwise, we as an audience, we don't have the same feeling when the grandmother comes back. Because then uh, you have this feeling that, okay, you know, in this movie, in this reality, things can really go wrong right there. Because otherwise, if I don't show it, then, you know, it's like in the children's movies, you know, we just cut away from it and then we're fine. And, you know, you can also do it. But, but I think the story needed to have this kind of blood. So we only used like 73 liters in this film. Uh, so it could have been much more. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's everything is fun also. And we did it, uh, you know, in, the, in our neighbor's house and uh, with all the community and everybody here was our friends and family and uh, it was like this uh, small film in this small town and uh, and that that it has been selected in this big festival and you have had the chance to see it for us it's like 
wow, <laughs> cool. That's wonderful. And do you mind if I ask, what is the small town where it was filmed? It is Kusalo. Uh, you can translate it as Moon Grow. Oh, wow. Kusalo. Yeah. Kusalo, yeah, but in the film we changed the first letter to Musalo. To Musalo. Because, <laughs> I, I noticed yes. it was Musalo in the... Because in Estonian, Kusalo, uh, this means uh, moon grow, and Musalo, it means some other grow. So it's the other grow. <laughs> and, uh, that is and, funny. And it, it, it was necessary because uh, people not thinking that this really happened here, because it is a mixture of everything and uh, and you know the local politicians and everybody they could really it is not about this uh, factual things here it is more about uh, the vibe and uh, and the story of of the bigger nature and also uh, it also made us uh, production wise it was much easier to change only one letter <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that would cost a lot less. Yeah. 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 Indeed, indeed. And sometimes we just only use tape, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's even more cheaper. Yeah. Are you looking forward to doing more movies on Estonian myths? Is that a direction you're going into? Or do you have a completely different idea for your next project? I have like tons of uh, projects always. It's always been like this, but you know, the Getting the funding is the most tricky part. And, mm-hmm. and wh- when this miracle happened that these guys from California called me and said that, you know, what about uh, if you make the film you want, you know, whatever is it you, that you wanted, it, it, it felt like dream come true. Yeah. And this is what I was waiting. And, uh, and then I had the chance. And, uh, and then we got funding from Estonian uh, Film Fund and, and it all worked, worked uh, out. But... Uh, I don't know if uh, right now I'm in the middle of this, uh, you know, flying. I will just uh, go around Estonia and uh, talk to people who have questions for me and watch this film together and and do interviews. And and uh, after uh, this has passed, I think I will go straight into writing. And uh, writing is this uh, really interesting part that, uh, but it it you know absorbs me. Uh, completely so uh, i have to do everything else before i do writing and when it's written then uh, let's hope let's hope amazing looking forward to it you've definitely put estonia on the map for me movie especially fantastic film wise so i'll be keeping an eye out for that that is cool that is cool i really love that but you know it's always like this uh, people are constantly asking about genre that what is this? Is it a fantastic film? Is it uh, exploitation? What is this? Mm. You know, uh, but you know, uh, I I made this film not thinking about it because the subject was uh, the most important and the honesty was uh, this uh, also the most important thing. And and now it's a little bit like it doesn't fit anywhere. So right now the fantastic circuit has taken it, and uh, I really like it, this because I think that people who are uh, interested in in this in this kind of movies they're more open to it maybe fantastic and you know the people more are fantastic just they are fantastic <laughs> yeah and, and uh, yeah. i had i had a chance to go with my last uh, movie before that uh, we i went to fantastic fest in austin and uh, for me uh, when i when i came there and saw the people and uh, I, it felt like home 
in, in this weird way that you know i'm like this person from another part of the world uh, and then when i got there it felt like oh i know you know we have seen the same movies and mm -hmm. we have been in the same culture and it it felt really good this covid thing that is happening right now it's uh, it's a bummer yeah yeah i would really love to be there with you and see uh, you know people face to face uh, and this big festival fantasia uh, like it is i, I guess you know i could meet a lot of new friends there but uh, can't come right now this time sorry well we'll just have to go to estonia and meet you there it's the world i, I think that the world is becoming more and more same everywhere and uh, the only thing that, that that is you know keeping us different is this uh, the past that we've had and uh, this kind of uh, the same thing as the like in great this mythology for like in this place they have uh, think thought of an answer to a bigger big problem through this kind of story and it has been you know answered for us this warning that don't do it you know be aware of this uh, the things that could happen if you do this and uh, it's really co cool that it, it has still the, the information has not been lost so my idea was to get it out and show it to you also that you know we have dealt with this problem before <laughs> be aware i want to thank you so much for this interview this was a delight and yes i wish you every luck on the festival circuit and especially at fantasia and yes i look forward to seeing more of your work in the future and thank you for uh, contacting me and uh, get a chance to talk through <laughs> internet with yes. people from all over the world it's, it's great it's something uh, really cool also thank you for your time Thank you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of lands stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch. <laughs>